Hey gamers, this is Joe for What I'm Playing Now. I have episode 79 of the podcast that was originally recorded on July 22nd of 2015. I started off talking about some of the games I played for the week like Super Motherload, Guildhall, Lords of Waterdeep, Shroud of the Avatar, You Must Build a Boat, and then I jumped into an interview with Matt Vanek from Digression 3D. I then ended the episode with some of the games I want to play now. Enjoy the episode. Good evening, gamers, and welcome to another episode of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. My name is Joe Luzzi, and welcome to episode 79. Hey, send us some emails. Let us know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to whatimplayingnow at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at whatimplayingnow. Don't forget to drop the G there. On Facebook, just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. Our Google Plus page is plus google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast and then of course our twitch channel which is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now hey we have an interview today that we're going to get to shortly and the interview is with Matt Vanek he is with digression 3d he is using 3d printing to actually make gaming accessories so we're going to talk to him shortly I'm going to go into what I'm playing now right now and then we'll do the interview and then I'll go into what I want to play now and that will be it for today's show. So let's jump into what I'm playing now. So some of the games I played for the week, and I'm not going to go into these games in too much of a great detail here. I'm kind of just going to do a quick overview of a lot of the games I played for the week. So one of the first games I played over the weekend, I got in a game of Super Motherload, and I will say that a lot of people are saying that this is one of the better games of the 2015 so far, and I have to agree with them. There's a lot of different Facebook groups and different chat that I've seen going on about this game. Everybody kind of jokes around that it's kind of like a Dig Dug. Yeah, I guess you could say it kind of is if you're familiar with the old video game Dig Dug, but definitely check that one out if you get a chance. Played an older game from a few years ago called Guildhall. This is a very interesting card game. Wouldn't mind seeing this one brought to the table again. My wife annihilated me in the next game. That's Lords of Waterdeep. We played a game, uh, I believe a night or so ago. She pretty much just demolished me. I went with a tried. I tried to do a different strategy with the game this time, and halfway through the game I realized it wasn't going to work, and then I was trying to dig myself out of a hole, and it was one that was just much too deep to dig myself out of. I've also been playing quite a bit of Shroud of the Avatar. I actually joined a guild. I joined the Britannia Mining Company, and so far, everybody in this guild has been spectacular. I've been having a lot of fun. I've actually leveled quite a bit. I think I'm level 31 or 32 right now, so I've been trying to hit that game every now and then. And then I actually played a little bit more of You Must Build a Boat. I talked about this on a couple of previous podcasts, and I actually finished the game. And it went back to the beginning, and it wants me to restart the game again, and I'm not too sure I'm going to do that. I may go back to 10 million and try to actually finish that since I never reached the score of 10 million. I mentioned that before, but um, yeah, I'm, I may be moving on from You Must Build a Boat because I did build my boat and it was successful. All right, so we're going to jump into the interview now with Matt Vanek from Digression 3D. I actually have a link for his website in our show notes. I will say one thing. I was getting over a cold over the weekend, and I did have a little bit of a cough, and I would like to apologize to Matt and everybody out there, to all the listeners out there. I was muting Skype during our conversation, not realizing that the way my microphone was feeding into the software that was actually doing the recording was still picking up my cough. So even though Matt probably didn't hear me coughing, the software did, and now everybody else is going to, and I apologize greatly. I should have been muting the software that I used to do the recording instead of Skype, and I know that going forward. That is a huge mistake on my part. The way I did the audio recording, though, 
though I really couldn't do much to pull the coughing out. So like I said, I apologize not only to Matt, but to all you listeners out there for hopefully listening to the episode and not being completely turned off from it. It was a great interview that we did. We had a lot of, we had a great conversation about gaming, both board game, video game, and all the stuff that he's doing at Digression 3D in regards to creating some really good gaming accessories for the players out there. So let's jump into that interview now. Okay, everybody, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and we have another interview on the show here for you. I have Matt Vanek from Digression 3D. Matt, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Joe? I am doing fine. It is a nice, warm, hot day here in somewhat sunny Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> it's humid out, that's it's, for sure. Yes. That rain earlier it did not help any. No. <laughs> so... For our interview here, we have a lot of different things that we're going to talk about, but let's start off with a little bit of history and a little bit of your gaming history, since that's pretty much what we do here at what I'm playing now. Yeah. Um, I guess, what are some of your early memories of gaming or what were what were some of the things that led you into, you know, gaming now, you know, gaming with what you do now and, you know, then we can get into like what, what you're actually playing now. Sure. Uh, um, well, so when I was a kid, um, I, I played games with my family we would spend time doing um cards we played a lot of pinochle mm-hmm. uh, growing up and my game my family wasn't really a game family i guess but we did have games around so we had uh feudal an old avalon hill game uh chess uh pinochle uh and we we kind of played those sorts of games um and then as i got older i got into role playing um and uh from there into competitive uh, board games, and and then from there into into regular board games. So, um, but by competitive board games, uh, I mean uh, I, I got into uh, Mech Warrior. Oh, nice kids! Yeah, I played that uh, a lot, um, and that was sort of the was sort of the thing that that wrote me in. I would say um, that sort of led me down and looking at it as a hobby. Um, rather than just like, you know, something to do once in a while. That's interesting because I have Mech Warrior and have never really played it and really always wanted to. And I have actually quite a bit of Mech Warrior. <laughs> you know, <laughs> for having was, not played it, <laughs> it was a solid game. I, I actually, before the in college, I had sort of dabbled with um, Warhammer uh, mm-hmm. Fantasy and Warhammer 40k. Um, never really got too deep into it, but. Um, I liked that that uh, Mech Warrior. You could play it in a lot shorter time frame. Um, I liked that the tournaments were structured, so you could go and play every week, and have sort of guaranteed uh, tournaments and and that kind of thing. I, I'm pretty competitive, so uh, you know that kind of tournament scene appeals to me. When Mech Warrior died, <laughs> I, I kind of look for look for what the next competitive game is. Uh, I got into Dreamblade. I got into uh, WoW Minis. Uh, you know, I met you playing Dice Masters. Yep, yep. Um, so <laughs> uh, that kind of tournament game, I really, I really, uh, really love uh, finding you know new armies and and uh, sort of testing them out all the time. So. Now, did you ever play the old Battletech back in the day? Because I know when I used to play D&D in, like, high school, there were a group of kids that we would sometimes, some of us would get together, and we'd play Battletech every now and then. Did you ever try yeah, that? Yeah, we, 
we played BattleTech a lot, and there was a there was a time, um, you know, when I knew all the all the charts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We we'd play on the weekends, and um, when I was in high school, and uh, I've gone back to play BattleTech, and I love the world, I love the lore, I love the books, but I I have a, a real hard time with the system. Yeah, um, it hasn't. For me, it hasn't aged particularly well, and you know, part of that's there's a there's a lot of good games to play that play in a lot shorter span of time, and I it's sort of, uh, I guess the the game culture that we're that we're growing up in now. Um, but I, I tend to prefer to play more games, you know, with shorter times, and and instead of taking a whole day to play one. Yes. Uh, and that's that's just my personal preference. But I love I love the BattleTech world, and the MechWarrior world. It's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, those have always been favorites of mine as well. And like I said, I had picked up, you know, MechWarrior years ago, and my wife and I were always going to try to play, but we never did. I had actually gotten her into playing Mage Knight Dungeons back in the day, mm-hmm. and so that kind of when when I got her interested in that, and she completely fell in love with that, and she was she would be the one to say, you know, hey, on the weekend, you know, let's just go get a bunch of junk food and set up the table, you know, the kitchen table and another table next to it with all the miniatures. And she's like, let's just play Mage Knight Dungeons. And I was like, yeah, okay, I am marrying you instantly. Fantastic. (laughs) Fantastic. So, all right. So that's a little bit about our gaming. Let's jump over to what you're actually working on now. So I guess what was your inspiration for actually kind of setting up digression, Digression 3D? And how did you get started with some of the 3D printing? So I guess start off with what digression 3d does and then maybe lead into some of those other answers (laughs) sure um so digression 3d um is something i set up to sell uh some of my my designs and i'm i'm basically um it began uh a a friend of mine asked me to produce uh some 3d models uh for um the game clash of cultures Mm -hmm. there's i don't know have you played that no i have not you should play that. It's really good, um, and it has a ton of plastic. It's a dudes on a map style game. Okay. Um, but the only thing that that's not plastic practically in the whole box is the wonders. So you can build these wonders, and they're, you know, cardboard standups amidst cities that are plastic and guys that are plastic, and it's, um, it, you know, it's a little thing. Uh, and I'm sure that they did it to co- cut costs, but it's kind of a jarring thing when you play it. Um, and he said, hey, he knew I was into 3D printing and 3D modeling. He's like, hey, could you make these? And I did um, and uh, put them up on Shapeways and got some good response from that. Cool. Um, and um, and then I, I've, you know, you have access to a 3D printer, so you design things. And I'm I'm a constant tinker with stuff um and so i uh design you know things for myself and as they as they uh work or uh, i'll kind of call out on board game geek i have this thing and i got some good response for cases that i made um for dice um cases that i made for cards um, that kind of thing then i thought well i might as well um, take the plunge and you know start being a little bit more intentional about how I'm producing these and and how I'm creating these, so that's that's where digression started just a couple months ago, is uh, me kind of being a little bit more 
focused about how I'm, what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, and um, uh, trying to get feedback from gamers and what what kinds of things they would be interested in seeing. Um, so that's that's sort of how I started and 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 why I started. My my background is uh, an art background. Um, I have an art degree. I'm an art teacher. Uh, I teach a uh, seventh through twelfth grade uh, visual art. And although I didn't have a 3D modeling um, experience, I kind of taught myself, you know, I started teaching in 2000, which was before, you know, all of this big boom with, with this stuff. So yeah. I kind of, as, as, as the, the hobbyists were learning, so was I. And, um, you know, I learned, to, I learned enough to start teaching kids and uh, we kind of learned together and I developed a, a digital art class. Um, and uh, where we do, we're doing uh, 3D printing, we're doing uh, electronics, uh, kind of kind of integrating all that uh, kind of interesting technological stuff together um, into some some cool art creation. So um, that that's that's awesome, and I I wish they would have had something like that when I was in school. <laughs> I mean, I, I was lucky. I was lucky to get programming on an Apple IIe. I think when I was in yeah. high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, and, and the cool thing is, the tools are the tools are around. The printer, you know, printers are not at a point where they're um, they're they're getting better, but they're they definitely need a tinkerer to to run them, right? Yeah. Um, someone that's gonna fix it when it breaks down and not get totally annoyed when the thing jams and you know um they're just not they're not they're not at the consistency that they that they need to be to really get into everybody's house but i think that's coming um but the but the tools to create the stuff are out there and uh there's some great ones that are that are wonderful to learn on that are free um uh there's even some professional ones that are that are um, able to be used for for students and stuff like that. So, um, well, I think that printers have definitely come a long way in the past few years. I mean, I remember seeing have. some of the early ones, and yeah. you know the prices have significantly come down from some of those early ones that they were showing. You know, like for sure. You know, back when I was watching like tech TV and stuff, and they were had started initially started talking about some of this stuff, the prices were just crazy. Right. Right. Yeah. They've they've come down a lot. And I've seen and I've seen you post some pictures where a couple of things you printed just sometimes the printer does go crazy. <laughs> yeah. Right. And and you know, you you clear the you clear the jam, you you replace the part if something breaks and you know, that's something that that I'm comfortable with and something I'm sure, you know, anyone with a little mechanical or technological background would be okay with, but it's not something my mom would do or something my dad would do. Definitely. You know? yes. And 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 so I, I look at 3D printing as, you know, where does it where does it need to be so that this is going to be in going to be for for everybody and you know they're they're sort of my benchmark right when my dad can do it then I'll know it's kind of arrived <laughs> um so uh, my my dad with technology he's more of a car buff and him and computers my parents my parents I don't want to say they pushed me into computers but they really always kind of let me 
have the opportunity to use them and have them around me as I was growing up and, you know, made sure that I was aware of them and learned them and they didn't push me into them. But I just, once I started playing with them as a kid, I just completely gravitated towards that. And they didn't, even though they knew nothing about any of the technology that was going on, they just let me learn and do whatever I wanted with them. So it's, yeah, that's, that's, that's really cool. But I don't, I don't know if my dad would ever, even if they work, I don't know if my dad will ever, I'd want him touching one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my dad was just here last week and brought his laptop and said, Hey, could you fix this for me? <laughs> so. I, I, was, I was over to visit my parents this morning and I was like sitting there updating things on their computer. And yeah. I was like, I'm doing this now. So you don't call me later. And I have to remotely connect into your computer to fix yeah. this. <laughs> I go, so I'll just take care of this now while I'm visiting you. I think that's pretty common for people of our age and people of their age. So this is going to be, I don't know if this will be an odd question, but would you say that you have maybe any influences in kind of like your, in from the, like maybe, maybe the design industry, the art, you know, the art world Mm -hmm. that kind of gave you some ideas or maybe somebody that you mentor that's kind of like, you're getting ideas from or something you're trying to emulate with some of this stuff? Um, not, not really. I, I, I mean, I guess there's, there's a huge world of miniatures, um, out there and, you know, the stuff that's for sale right now on, um, digression3d.com, um, that stuff is mechanical, you know, it's, it's dice cases, it's card boxes, it's, um, I wouldn't really call it artistic. Um, but the other side of 3D modeling um, is using tools like ZBrush and, um, you know, kind of sculpture-based tools where it's a, a virtual ball of clay right. that you can work with. And and those are the things that um, I think my, my artistic background, you know, kind of comes into play. And I'm going to hopefully be getting more and more of that um, out as as time goes on here um but as far as as far as influences i mean i love miniatures and Mm -hmm. i love i don't know that there's any particular sculpture you know but i love seeing especially now all the all the different cool models that are out there um and i love you know and they're, they're just getting more intricate and um more detailed, more uh, dynamic in their poses, uh, you know. So, you know, looking, I'm looking up at my shelf right now, and there's Mech Warrior staring down at me. There's Hero Clicks staring down at me. There's dragons up there. Um, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. So, I guess I, I guess my my influences are are, you know, miniature sculptural kind of things as far as the game industry and as far as right. what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah, I will say the miniatures nowadays are a lot better because I was over my parents probably a couple of months ago and I found some of my old Rel Partha yeah. figures from D&D from, you know, 30 years ago probably easily, you know, when I was in high school. And I, I actually found some of them that I had painted and everything and I was showing my wife and she was just kind of shaking her head. She was like, wow, you have been at this a while, haven't you? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I kind of have. <laughs> oh, even... I- I was looking through my through my cabinet the other day, and I came across some old Blood Bowl miniatures from oh, yeah. you know the third edition box set, and they're 
nothing special. Yeah. I mean, they're really simple, simple poses. Everything's kind of a big block of a guy. Um, so it's come a long way with what, with, with what manufacturing can do, um, I think is a lot of that. So, And there's, and there's so many different miniatures out there and there's so many different miniature games nowadays. I mean, there's, there's yeah. always new ones popping up. It seems every time you go to the store, there's just like, there's a whole new miniature game there and you're like, Oh wow, there's another one and another one. Right. <laughs> right. And you're just like, wow, who has time to paint, play all these, let alone paint them. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Most of the things I field are gray. If not, yep. they may be primed white, and that's about as far as I get half the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that and that—that's sort of the the boom of miniatures has has very much led me to board games. You know, self-contained right. things that are not constantly requiring, you know, all of my time. Um, you you have to make some choices about time. I have two kids now. And, um, you know, teach and I'm doing this digression stuff. So, you know, the, the time to spend painting Warhammer miniatures or whatever is, is, you know, I, I enjoy it, but it's, if I have to make a decision about my time, that's a, that's an okay thing to go. Yeah, Um, Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And, and so having a board game that, that I don't, I don't really you know, I, I like the miniature aspect of it, but I don't really feel like I need to, to paint the whole thing and, um, you know, flock the bases and uh, do all the finishing work on, on a, you know, a miniature uh, for a war game or something uh, is, is sort of appealing. Now, speaking of miniatures and all the different games are out there, Kickstarter is a really huge place right now for a yeah. lot of those things, actually. Now, have sure. you actually ever thought about taking some of your products onto Kickstarter? I don't even think we've I've ever mentioned that to or asked you this question. Um, yeah, it's a good question. Um, so manufacturing is a, is a strange thing in that, you know, if I, if I wanted to produce these... Um, not 3D printed. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if I wanted to get a mold made and injection mold them and make a lot, um, the upfront cost is really high. Um, and so Kickstarter is nice because you can um, kind of gauge gauge interest and in, and do that. You know, on the other hand, then you're you're also stuck with a lot of product if it ends up not working. Um, right. And it, and the delay from when you make something to when you can actually produce it is is a long time. Three um, D printing, it's it's a pretty intentional thing. The reason I've set this up to be the way it is, um, because it allows me to to create things quickly, and it and it allows me to create things that are a little bit more specialized. Um, so, for example, I went into the local store last week. Uh, maybe two weeks ago now, um, and I was there for a Dice Masters tournament. And mm-hmm. in round four, uh, my opponent decided it was getting too late, and he left. So I talked to Jim, the store owner, and I kind of was wandering up to the front. And I'm like, hey, what, Jim, what's going on? And he said, um, I'm, I got this case. And it's a cool case for miniatures for his Warhammer Fantasy Army. Um, and it's a, a tray... I forget the name of the the manufacturer now, but it's a tray that has a metal plate on it, and the whole thing slides into a um, a case 
Uh, and so it holds your, you know, I, the, the, the miniature storage that I have from back in the day is a foam case and it has a slot for each miniature. But this, right. you base the miniature with a magnet, it holds it onto this plate and, um, you're not, you're not putting it in. So it's not rubbing against anything. Um, you, it's sort of a, a clear front. So it's a really cool looking display of your stuff. You can see where everything is right away. Um, but he was traveling to a tournament and he said, I'm worried because as I drive, this metal plate bounces and, you know, he didn't want his miniatures to like get jostled around, get knocked into the roof of the, of the, um, tray above it. Um, and he was trying, he had these magnets, he was trying to figure out what to do. And I said, I looked at it and I said, you know, I can make a, a little clamp that that attaches to the bottom of these things and will just magnet use a magnet to to hold the metal there and then you don't have to worry about it you just pop it in if you want the metal out you just pop the whole thing out you once it's installed just install it with some screws it'll it'll stay there um and so two days later i i brought him back these clamps and i'm like here you go um and they work you know i'm not going to I'm sure I'm not going to make a lot of money off of those, to be honest. They're on my site. Um, but, you know, if a couple people order them, that's fine. It it helps out those couple people who need that kind of thing. Um, you know, it, it adds to the things that are on my site. And um, I don't need to worry about producing a large amount of things. Right. And so, so, you know, if that's something that, I would never injection mold. Nobody would ever injection mold because I'm sure it may be the company that makes it at some point sees that as a design flaw and inject, you know, injection molds that thing. Um, and, and, you know, sells it to their customers or includes it with their cases or, or whatever in 2.0. But it's not something, it's not something that, you know, large numbers of people are going to need. And so, Without 3D printing, those sorts of things won't exist, and it, right. it makes it makes me happy to to create something for somebody that would not have otherwise been created. And and for me, like that's where I get really excited. And it's a stupid thing; it's a little clamp, right, <laughs> with the magnets and screws. But but it's so cool that it does what it's supposed to do. It fixes a problem that um, you know a friend was having. Um, a gamer was having, um, and um, and you know it's a, now it now it's a thing now it's a thing that exists, um, and so uh, it doesn't need to exist until somebody needs it, and then it will get printed off again and assembled and sent out. Um, yeah, I saw when you had posted that on Facebook, and I thought that was that was really cool. I mean, that you were able to just come up with a design implementation for something that quickly. And then just turn around, you know, in like a day and print it out and then take it up there and have have it work, you know, and, and do do its function. I thought that was really awesome and cool. Yeah, it, I mean, it's it sort of worked. And and the, the, the side story to that is Jim was going to a, a big Warhammer tournament. He's going right. to take him. And I said, all right, well, cool. Take some along and, you know, at least tell people about it. Take my cards. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's great. I'll do that. Um, but when... He gave me the um, he gave me the the case 
what it, what it was going to mount on, and I designed the part around that. The one he gave me was not the one that he used. It was a smaller one, and the smaller one has a different dimensions. So oh, it didn't okay. really, it didn't actually fit on his case. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And so he took it to the to the tournament and showed it off, and it didn't. It just failed, and I I'm kind of embarrassed about that. Um, the the new one works. You know, I he gave me the bigger case, and I or the, you know the bigger um, holder, and I have resized it all to fit on that one. Um, but it's, but they, I wouldn't, they I have different be, I, dimensions and different tolerances. What it, you know? Yeah, <laughs> what, I what don't. Are you do? I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be embarrassed <laughs> about that. That's you. Do, you can't. You, you design something for what you were given, and if he was using something else and didn't give yeah. you the exact piece, you know, it's that's. I would not be be worried about that. Yeah. So well, at any rate, it's it's uh, it works for the big cases and for the small cases now. So. That's Next cool. time, I, yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say, you went to Origins this year too, didn't you? I was there for one day. Okay. Uh, I went just for Saturday uh, because that was my last week of school. Okay. And you know, the last week and the first week, they're they're pretty bad to miss in general. So, um, yeah, I, I've I only made it there for Saturday. It's also the reason I've been missing Gen Con for the last, well, kids also, but um, the beginning of school falls around when Gen Con used to be, but this year I'm also going to make it to there. I was just I was just going to say, with you starting up the Digression 3D now, is is Gen Con basically on your radar now for this year? It sounds like it is. Yeah, I'm I'm going out. Um, I'm super excited. I, like I said, it's been about five years since I've been there. Um I have not been to Gen Con. I don't. I I haven't even been to Origins, so it, I, I definitely need to hit some of these next year. Gen Con is so good. Origins is good. Origins is fun. Um, and if, if you're going to go to Origins and you're going to go to Gen Con, you should go to Origins first. Mm-hmm. Enjoy yourself, and then try Gen Con. Gen Con's a lot bigger, and. You know, a buddy told me before I had gone to to Gen Con, uh, Origins is like going to the county fair. It's fun. (laughs) You have a good time. Gen Con is like Disneyland. (laughs) And that's how it feels to me. I love, I I, I love going to the county fair, but I I love going to to Origins uh, and playing games and, and talking to people. It's very much a smaller kind of community feel and uh gen con is about spectacle and it it is fantastic yeah that's what it sounds like see now my wife and i went to pax east last year in 2014 yeah so we thought that was pretty cool and we wanted to go back this year but her mom had some health issues and stuff like that so we weren't able to go so i was i was a little bummed because we had talked about going back so i'm hoping maybe next year I'm going to have to pick maybe one or two to go to because there are several that I actually want to go to. I wouldn't mind going back to PAX East. I wouldn't mind hitting Origins. I wouldn't mind hitting Gen Con. And I wouldn't mind hitting maybe a couple other, you know, board game conventions as well. So I need to kind of sit down and see, okay, what am I going to spend, put my vacation into, and which ones right. can we actually go to and attend? And Well, Origins is, is in your backyard. I exactly. Mean, so that I'm should it, be the easy one to go to. Yeah, honestly, even if you're even if you're not going to go for the the duration of it even if you're not going to take vacation it would be you should you should go up like drive up it's two hours away right so drive up in the morning on saturday spend the day drive home uh it's it's absolutely worth doing that 
you know, and it doesn't cost more than the gas and the, the entry fee. So, right. <clears throat> yeah. This year I was trying to, I did, I, I really hadn't thought about going to origins like until a couple of days before it, it actually started. And I was talking to my wife and I was just like, Hey, or could you make, cause she, she normally works, you know, like Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. And so I was just like, well, you know, would you be able to maybe get a Saturday off? Maybe we could drive down to Columbus or something. And I actually think she did have a, that Saturday off, but I think something else came up that we had to do. So yeah. I wasn't able to attend it, but I was, it was like a couple of days before it was starting and I'm like trying to finagle her into like, Hey, come on, let's, let's maybe do this. This sounds like kind of cool. And I was trying to throw the whole PAX thing. We didn't get to go to, get to, go to PAX. I was kind of bummed about that. Yeah. <laughs> So with digression with digression 3D, is there anything new that you're kind of currently working on besides maybe some of the dice trays and, and the card holders? Have you thought about doing other types of maybe gaming things, maybe like dice dice um, dice towers? Yeah, the way um, some people do, and there's there's so many different things you could probably do. Yeah, there there's there's things that are that are really good for 3d printing and there are things that are a lot better for like, um, laser cutters or, or, um, um, kind of things that you're cutting out of boards. And I think dice towers in particular, um, may fall into that category <clears throat> because they use a lot of plastic and mm -hmm. they take a long time. And, um, I'm not sure that I could, it's, it's also an, an area that that's, um, there's a lot of different dice towers out there. If you look, um, oh, there's, there's some that I've seen that are, you know, some wooden ones upwards around three, $400 that when I saw a video on them, I was like, seriously, it's, it's right, wood. right, right. Well, and I'm sure it's beautiful wood. <laughs> oh, um, it was, it was, but still it's wood. <laughs> right. But you know, if I have to charge however much for a dice tower, because it takes 14 hours to print and, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> a spool of plastic, um, I I I mean I'm not sure it would be worth the time to 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 design it unless I unless I decide to to design it you know just on a lark which is entirely possible <laughs> um but it but it's not a big um not a big draw for me but but as far as things that I'm 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 looking at uh you know I've I've been doing these cases um, and sort of adapting them. Uh, I design parametrically, which means I can change the the variables on a lot of things and change the sizes. And, you know, for the, the dice cases, I can change what size dice fit in them. I can change, um, you know, how many are in a row, how many rows there are. And it sort of scales the design dynamically. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh you know, I've been doing a lot of fiddling with those kind of designs, um, just to just to work on that. But uh, there's a bunch of board games that I would like to kind of add parts to. Um, kind of like kind of like inserts, and inserts are one of the no, other things I was going to say because that's those are inserts are real popular nowadays. Yeah, but there's a there's a company that's another thing that that's great in in wood and right. and laser cut. Um, and there's a company that does that already. And I, I'm, I'd rather kind of find my own niche. Mm -hmm. I don't really want, I mean, there's always going to be some competition. Um, but, uh, you know, I would rather 
try to find areas that that don't exist. And I'm I'm always looking for ideas. Um, like I said, the Clash of Cultures style uh, wonders that like they're sized for that. Um, there's other board games that I think could do with an upgrade of wooden cubes. Um, that would be that would be really cool. Um, that I could be a little bit more sculptural with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I'm interested in, um, messing with that a little bit. I've done some storage, um, uh, just recently, um, I posted up on board game geek, um, you know, the storage that I did for mice and mystics. Right. Um, yeah, I saw that one just, just because it uses the big card case, the little card case, and the dice case, I was like, oh, that's cool. It does all the things. <laughs> and so I posted a picture of that. Um, and, you know, a couple of people asked for a, that bundle together. So I did that, um, you know, size to hold all those those kind of cards, um, you know. Uh, but as far as that, as far as new designs, I, you know, I have a big list of things that I'd like to do. And every time someone says, it would be cool if you did... <laughs> Like, for example, Jim Jim said to me the other day, um, it would be cool if you, because of, I don't know if you follow Warhammer Fantasy, but there's a new edition of Warhammer Fantasy, and it right. changes all the square bases to mm-hmm. circular bases. So he said, it would be cool if you did a little adapter that could kind of fit over your square bases to make them um, circular. And I thought, that's a really cool, interesting idea. Um, and I don't know... I don't know if I'll do that, you know, but like it, it got, got added to my, to my list of things. Um, the list grows ever longer. Right. And you know, <laughs> some of them will get done and some of them won't, but I, I'm always trying to listen to what the gamers around me are like interested in seeing. And, um, you know, especially in areas where, you know, there, there's a definite need because, you know, something has changed or, you know, they don't want to, they don't want to unbase 10,000 guys and, and rebase 10,000 guys. They would rather, you know, kind of fix it with a different solution. Um, and, uh, you know, stuff like that's really interesting to me. So the, I love those kind of design problems. Yeah. It almost seems like you approach it in like a puzzle sense in that there's For a sure. puzzle in front of you and you're just like, okay, I'm going to, you know, solve this puzzle and come up with a solution. And that's, I think that's pretty cool. That's what games are, man. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. That is true. But I mean, seriously, if I look at the games that I love the most, uh, you know, they're, they're big puzzles to figure out. Um, and so, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that does, it, it appeals to me completely. Now, one of the things you had just posted, I think on your website, the other day you showed kind of like the durability i guess you would say of yeah of one of your dice trays you kind of kind of toss it down the stairs and walk down after it yeah and one of the things i was curious was how many iterations did you have to go through till oh. you actually came to kind of like the design you have now and these the ones you gave me are extremely durable i mean i was playing around with those I was showing my wife and you know I was I was really impressed as to how sturdy they actually are uh thanks um a lot of it of iteration <laughs> in fact um so the the 14 millimeter dice cases 
that I had originally, uh, the ones that I have currently, are, they slide off to the side. And I, I really like that design because the top never pops off. It's really obvious which direction up is, which sounds like a, a simple thing, but the other cases fit like a box with a lid and it mm-hmm. wasn't always clear what which way was up so if you opened it upside down which you know happened occasionally you got dice spilling out everywhere and you know that was a that was a a problem (laughs) so uh you know even though those work great and i and i stored a bunch of stuff in those um i thought well there's got to be a better way to do this and you know go back to the puzzle and and work it out a little bit more and um so that's where i got the the side sliding part of it the other the other thing about 3d printing is um durability uh things are durable in one direction more than in another direction and what i mean by that is if you print something straight up um you see the layer lines on Mm -hmm. it those layer lines are inherently less um strong than if, so if, if, I, if, I, if I push it from the side, I, I mean, I, I won't break it just in normal use, but it, if it's going to fracture, it's going to fracture along one of those lines. So my locks from the original ones went straight up and kind of hooked out. And over time, over use, those would flex and bend and, and snap. Um, and then you're left without, you know, a case without, without one of the locks on it. Whereas these... They flex, they slide in from the side, and when you when you open the lock, you're going along the the long way, right? Um, and and so that's an inherently stronger thing, um, and so uh, you know it, it it won't break that way um, it, from from use. It it stands up to the to the the use a lot a lot better, um, and so. You know, I, I guess the answer is a lot of iteration. I'm I'm constantly, constantly tinkering with things and figuring out the best ways to do it. Um, and, you know, that's the fun of it is is to is to figure, work out the puzzle, like you said. Um, you know, little things like spacing uh, for the sides, how far down do they need to be so that you can open the lock, but still be close enough to the lock that it's that it holds it closed. You know, because if you if you have those the walls of the top, you know, end halfway, it opens up really easy. Um, you know, but if you have them too close to the end of the lock, it, it it's really hard to open up, and it becomes sort of a, a pain. Um, and so you have to find that that sort of middle ground where you're making small five millimeter changes and and printing it off and seeing how it seeing how it works and stuff like that. And that changes from the side if it's wider, if it's longer. Um, that distance is different. So that was a longer answer probably than you wanted, but no, no, I think, I think that's really interesting and amazing because I, my artistic talent is pretty much nil. I have zero type of artistic skill whatsoever. I pretty much a talker and that's, I've learned (laughs) that over the years. So I embrace what I am somewhat good at, but it's being able to figure out stuff like that. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's almost, you know, not even art. That's more engineering, I would say, than anything. Yeah. A, a, another world that I am completely have really no idea on. 
Yeah, it definitely slants toward the like industrial <laughs> design or something like that. Yeah, definitely. Now, have you had, when you were getting your art degree, did you have happen to have actually any sort of industrial design classes or anything? No. Or do you? I mean, do you have any sort of training in any of that whatsoever? Or have you really just taught yourself I'm, all this? I'm pretty. I'm pretty self-taught. That's. I, I, that's amazing. I mean, I have a. <laughs> I have a background in sculpture, um, but you know, I graduated from college when you were using computers basically for word processing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, um, and some some game stuff too, but the tools weren't really there to. 3d model things and 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 it wasn't really in the culture to to want to learn that stuff i mean we just didn't really know about it um and i wasn't going for video game design i was going for for art so um yeah i i i missed out on on that kind of thing so i you know i i I believe in learning all the time you know so i'm i'm constantly like looking out in the world and seeing what's cool and and how do i how do I do that thing? And, and, uh, uh, so it kind of led me down that road and, you know, it led me into all kinds of things, Arduino and, you know, electronics mm-hmm. and stuff. I didn't have any background in that. And, and that's, well, and know. see, that's the, it's, it's really interesting the way education has really changed over the years, especially with computers, because when I was in college originally, I wanted to go into computers but what you took back then and what you can actually get a degree in now are night completely night and day. I mean, back right. then you were pretty much either programming or some sort of computer science. And while they still have all that, there's they've expanded the classes to to so much more. And, yeah. and, and I'm an admin by, you know, by nature, by, by by my day job and that type of stuff. They really just didn't have classes for, you know, back then, you know, whereas now they do. Right. I was a I was a computer science major for a while, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like I can't do this as a job. <laughs> well, I, I like I said I started off doing computers as a degree and ended up with a communication degree. Yeah. Because I just I I just didn't back then my idea of what I thought I would be doing had I pursued that degree would have been programming twenty four seven, which is not right. what I wanted to do. Right. I didn't mind programming for fun. But doing it all day long at a job just did not seem like it would be fulfilling to me. I I can't say it. Say, I couldn't have said it better myself. That's exactly <laughs> exactly how I felt going. You know, and that's the reason why I ultimately switched from computer science to art as my major because, mm-hmm. you know, I I love computers. I love technology, um, but I couldn't see myself as a code monkey. Um, right, exactly. Which is which is ironic because a lot of the cases that I design, all of the cases that I designed are all code based. Mm-hmm. I they're all programs that are that describe the model and and um, you know three hundred lines of code and that's a dice case. <laughs> so, um, you know, so I'm doing that now. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> well, I think yeah. it was useful to have that way of thinking, you know, in in my mind. So. Yeah, it's it's funny the way sometimes things just go full circle, right? <laughs> right. You never know. That's that's you know. I work with kids all, all day. You know, during the school year, and mm-hmm. they like art in general. So you know, we talk about art, but we also they also talk about other classes, and they they get annoyed and they're like, I don't know when we're gonna ever use this, and I, 
you know, the answer is that's the thing. You don't know right. when you're going to use that. <laughs> and you may not, but you might. <laughs> and so it's good to know um, because you don't know what's what what is going to follow you through your life. Life's very long and mm -hmm. um, interesting, much more interesting than picking something and going, uh, you know, with that for forever. So. Oh, oh trust me, I know, because I remember when I was working for Jim 20-some years ago. <laughs> you worked for Jim? Yeah, I did. I worked, I was, I, I did work for him years ago at the at the game store. Back I did then not it, know that. Back then it was more of a comic book store than a game store, I would say. Right. <laughs> but yeah, there was there was a time where I yeah I worked for him for a couple of years after huh. after college I worked I did a computer job for a couple of years I was in computer sales I did not like sales yeah I um worked for Jim for a couple of years and he actually got me into what I went back for my second degree for because my second degree I went back for an accounting degree hmm. and that's that's a whole nother story after accounting I got back into computers because I hated accounting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have I have two degrees, neither of which I use. Although I will say the communication degree does pay off quite a bit. I bet. No matter with what you do, I found in any job that I'm in, yeah, just being able to communicate effectively actually gives you. I don't want to say it gives you an edge, but people can definitely tell and they notice. And even you know, all of my managers over the years have always said. You know, it's it. That's one thing that's a definite, you know, benefit to have. Right. I mean, and there's it's one thing. You know, all my teammates. Whenever somebody's trying to write, draft up um, like a project or a plan or just an email that's really important, they always come to me like, "Just proofread this, please." And I'm like, "Definitely." Yeah. <laughs> like, don't know when I became an English teacher, but yeah, okay, that's no problem. <laughs> that's my wife's job for me. I. I... <laughs> put things out on the website i'm like before i send this out jen you need to take a look at it make sure she's, I didn't your, mess she's your editor yeah i'm definitely a visual person not a not a language person but i do my best yeah that was that was one thing that my wife always really got a kick out of because she always liked me helping people write their resumes mm -hmm. because she says i could basically make anybody sound like a doctor nice <laughs> even if they had like zero experience in that field. <laughs> so it's just it's just learning how to use the language. For sure. All right. We've been chatting for quite a while. Is there anything that you can think of that we haven't discussed that you maybe want to bring up or have a discussion on? Uh, I think I think I've gone through a majority of my questions. Yeah, no, I feel like we've we've rambled on here for a good long time. Yeah, um, we we've discussed quite a few different things. Um, we've definitely talked a lot about digression 3d and I mean, it's, I think it's amazing that not having any actual training that you've been able to do all of this stuff self-taught and, and produce such a wonderful product. Well, thanks. I'm glad you, glad you like the, the stuff that I gave you to, to take a look at. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty proud of what I'm doing. So, um, you know, I just appreciate the time to, to talk with you about it. Oh, definitely. That's it's game related. I like having, you know, especially local people on, on the podcast. Um, I actually have an interview set up, I think next week, um, with another game designer there. I don't think they're actually local to me, but that's, I'm, I'm not, I don't have to focus on local. I was, it was just neat having some local people on the podcast. I was, that was something that I was kind of trying to just hit first before I started branching out, you know, yeah, and, no, and I... getting in and doing other interviews. 
I love the interview you did with what's it, what's his name the two Alan. and the boom guy Alan yeah I thought that was a great interview yeah that was that was a lot of fun that that was it was it was just like ours just like our conversation has been just nice and casual <laughs> kicked back yeah and it's just you kinda just went, start kind of just start talking about games and just everything else so is there besides dice masters is there anything that you're playing currently that you know is hitting your table a lot or anything or. <sighs> Oh, I wish. I mean, you, you also you've also mentioned a so, little bit about a little bit about video games. Are you playing anything on the video game front or anything? Yes, I. Well, okay. So there's two questions. Number one, um, <laughs> I <laughs> number never asked. I never asked just one. <laughs> number number one is is I have a five year old who's just about old enough to to play some games with, um, but she can't quite read yet. So mm-hmm. you know, I think we're going to be playing more uh, as as time goes on. And I have a one year old who pretty much means that i that i go out once a week to to play in you know a couple hour dice master tournament and that's about all i have time for every once in a while i have you know some buddies come over uh a couple weekends ago i played uh sci-fi trifecta of uh shatter on crossfire which is a okay. really awesome deck building i don't know it i love shatter run and uh, i i'm i'm kind of biased toward it so uh, it's it's difficult, um, but it's it's really neat. Uh, we played that. We played uh, baseball highlights nineteen forty uh, nineteen forty five twenty forty five. That is on my playlist. I have not it's played good. that. Yet, and I have wanted to, and a lot of people have told me it's good. It's Urgh. good. Do you? Well, I I can bring it to the to the game shop sometime. We can sit down and play it. I'd love to. Yeah, I wouldn't mind playing it because that's one that's been on my one to try list, and I just I've seen it played. I think once on like the Thursday night when I normally go down to recess for a Thursday night board game night, I think I've seen like one guy bring it one time and they were, I played it, they, they played it one time and I don't know if he's never brought it back, but I've, I've just never had a chance to, or, you know, been available to where it's like, yeah, okay, let's right. play this. Yeah. We played uh, that. We played Netrunner that night. Um, so every once in a while I have a games day. I'm trying to think of the games that I'm really, you know, if I had to list some favorite games, uh, Clash of Cultures is up there. City of Iron. Have you played that? That's no, great. I don't, think, I don't think I've done City of Iron yet. Um, that's a that's a game by uh, Ryan Lock, Lockett. Lockett, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. He he's a uh, Red Raven Games. I think. Okay. Uh, small publisher, really good, um, really interesting, engaging game. Um, I don't know. I like dudes on the map. I like I like everything. Through the Ages, one of my favorites. Railroad Tycoons, one of my favorites. Looking at my shelf now, Fresco. I love Fresco. Uh, I, I we played, heard we played, we played Fresco a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I, I heard that on your on your podcast. I was that just was, listening to it the other day. That was a blast. I really like Fresco. Um, uh, you know, again, the art theme. I'm kind of predisposed to it. Um, played Splendor a little bit the other day. That Splendor's was big in our house. Um, my, my wife loves Splendor. Yeah, my wife is my wife is not really a gamer, but you know. I got Splendor as a well. Maybe she'll play this one with me. I I don't really think she will. She likes Carcassonne, um, you know, dialed back. She likes yeah, Carcassonne. I've, I've actually introduced my wife into worker placement games. I introduced her to Lords of Waterdeep, and she loves it. Yeah, I have that sitting on my shelf. Love that game. And I was when she when she loved it, and she was like, "We need to play this again." I was like, 
oh sweetness i was like we it is on i was just like because if i can get her into lords of Waterdeep, that means i can get into maybe some of the heavier games that i like yeah. to play and so that's i we're we're gonna stick with lords of Waterdeep for a while i want to make sure she's comfortable with it yeah she, she's really into it she was like these are pretty cool and everything and i'm just like excellent <laughs> oh light here's a light sorry i'm i'm looking <laughs> i'm looking at these <laughs> games and i'm like oh this one's good oh, this one's good uh but i don't know if you like light filler games that are still kind of filled with strategy, have mm-hmm. you played Viva Java, the coffee game, the dice game? No, I have not. I it's had so good. I I'm kind of in love with that design. Jim actually. let me Jim let me borrow the cop the store copy one to, one weekend, and I had actually bought a different game, and then he let me borrow that game for the for a weekend, and we played the game we bought, and we never played the Viva Coffee game, the Viva Java Coffee game, and I know the people I play Pathfinder with on Sunday, my Pathfinder group, half of the group has played that, and they they love it. I, it's so good. I, and, you know, it's a light filler game, so right. it is what it is. But uh, I just, I, I kind of, the, the design, I'm just, I'm, for, for what it is, it's, it's kind of brilliant. Um, it's, it's a neat little game. And then, so to answer the second part of your question, even <laughs> you probably want to, want to get going here, but no, I'm, I'm playing, I'm I'm playing Witcher 3 on the, on the PlayStation. Oh, uh, nice. And I, I have just, not, I have not picked up Witcher 3 yet. And I just finished Bloodborne. Um, not I have that Blood, long ago. I have Bloodborne on the PS4 and I have made it past the first boss. And then I just really have not gotten back to it. And I keep meaning to. And every time I want to start playing it, I'm like, okay, I really don't have an hour or two to sit yeah. down and just get back into this and everything. So then I start playing something else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. What I, but what I played about Bloodborne, I loved. It It's it's interesting. I, I played Dark Souls 1 uh, part of the way and got frustrated. And uh, Dark Souls, or Bloodborne, I, I said, well, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. You know, I'm gonna take the plunge, and I only play kind of kind of the opposite of how I play board games. Like I, I would rather play short, you know, uh, kind of interesting decisions, but numerous board games. When it comes to video games, I tend to play longer uh, games, and I only play one uh, at a time, just partially because I like to finish them and. Um, if I don't play them that way, I just I just don't. So, um, so Bloodborne I played till it came out, which was just about the time Witcher came out. Witcher came out like a couple couple weeks before I finished that, and so I finished it and got Witcher and went on to that. But um, I wish I could do that. I can't. I I have <clears throat> I have ADD or something. I don't. Yeah. I bounce around between everything. Well, well, you know what it is. It's it's again. It's it's a kid issue. So I get up in the morning at five o'clock and I have my coffee and I eat my breakfast and I play a half an hour, 45 minutes of video game. And then I get the kids up and ready for the day. Um, and then I, when I come home from work, uh, you know, after the kids go to bed, I'll play another half an hour every once in a while. Mm-hmm. So the, the games, like the long games, they take me a long time to get through. Yeah. I'm not, I don't, I never sit down and play for three hours. I mean, summer is different, but, in general, I I never just play for three hours. I play for, you know, 
half hour, 45 minutes once or maybe twice a day, um, you know, until I, until I kind of beat my way through it. Bloodborne is, Bloodborne's a weird game, man. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> has, a, it. has a weird difficulty spike, mm-hmm. uh, a weird difficulty curve, I, I should say. Like, the beginning's really hard, and then it gets easier and easier, and then it gets harder. <laughs> Ooh, that's good to know. I, I yeah, need to get to, I need to get to the easier part then, because that the first part. I want. I'll say the first part. Getting past that first boss, I didn't think was as bad as some of the Demon Souls stuff that I played on the PlayStation Three in yeah. the very first game. I thought that one was really tricky. And also, did you ever play any of the Kingsfield Kingsfield games back on the original PlayStation? No, because that's from the same company, and I had never realized that. And I remember the first Kingsfield. I have both of them, Kingsfield one and two, and I never finished two actually, but I did finish the first one. And when I had heard that it was actually the same company, and that those were like, you know, the pre- the precursor games to the these Demon Souls and Bloodborne's and everything, I was just like, huh. After I thought about it for a little bit, I go, yeah, I guess those games were kind of the same type of combat and everything. Just the graphics were definitely you know, nowhere near what you had on the PlayStation 3. Right. But, I mean, I remember back in that original PlayStation, Kingsfield was just, to me, it was more of like a role-playing game, but it was it was brutal. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bloodborne was Bloodborne was neat. You know, again, it, it's, it hits that puzzle part yes. of my brain, you know, yeah. where every guy is kind of a little mini puzzle to figure out. And um, I just, I got a little bit, I'm not sure if Bloodborne Key 2 came out. I'm not sure I would play it because I, I do feel like the incremental advances you make every time you die are... I, I guess it's fulfilling at the end to have done it. Right. <laughs> you know, but when you're bashing your head against the same guy and, <laughs> um, you know, dying over and over and over again and, and really... I'm not sure that the game is that long. <laughs> All told, it took me a really long time to do. But, yeah, I know. But, I know. But I know when I started. I, go sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say now that I know that I, what I'm doing, I, I think I don't think it would be that bad to to get through a second time. Um, but I also don't think it was. I like the moment to moment stuff as much. Um, whereas Fallout Four. That's what I'm super excited. So I got to finish. I have until Fallout 4 to finish Witcher 3. <laughs> Fallout 4 does look outstanding. Yeah. That, that does look amazing. And I've, ne- I've never played any of the Fallout. So I'm, I think oh. I'm going to jump into Fallout 4. Fallout, Fallout 3 and, and New Vegas. I, I think those are m- my number one and two video games of all time. Oh, wow. Um, and so I'm, I'm really pumped about, about um, Fallout 4. I liked I liked the old tactical games too. I, I played those a bunch when I was a kid. Um, but Fallout Three, uh, in particular, was I, I don't know. I they're so big. I I'm kind of I kind of stand in awe of of those kind of games. The the depth of of the characters, the depth of like the interaction in the world that you can have, and like lots of little mini stories going on all around you. Mm-hmm. Just the I'm I'm in awe of the of the developer and the designers for that. I mean, it's just incredible. <laughs> it's incredible yeah. work, and you know, they're a little buggy at times, um, but the rest of it's so good. It's it's easy to forgive, um, and you know, the same same about things like Skyrim. 
Um, oh, Skyrim you know, it, was incredible. It's the same. It's it's basically Skyrim, but it's in a futuristic setting. So right. I prefer future, you know, sci-fi over fantasy. Um, and that's just a, a personal bias. Otherwise, I think I would be saying the same things about Skyrim instead. <laughs> of, you know. Well, I know when I first started playing Bloodborne. My wife came walking in the room after I was playing it for a while, like a couple hours the first day, and she's like, are you playing that new game? Because you said it was really hard. I go, yeah, why? She's like, well, I don't hear any swearing or cussing coming out of this room. And she goes, I was wondering if you were actually playing it yet. I'm like, actually, I went into this game knowing it's going to be, you know, a brain burner, and I'm just taking the game as it goes. As I die, it's a death. It's a game. You know, I'm trying. When I was, I remember when I first started playing the original Demon Souls on the, PlayStation 3, I was sitting there wanting to throw my controller against the wall. Yeah. And so I wanted to have a different mindset going into Bloodborne, thinking, okay, you know what this is. You know <laughs> what the developer's trying to do to you. Don't let them get to you. Yeah. <laughs> was, you know, there, like I'm trying to psych myself up for it. There's one part <laughs> in the whole thing that, that, that really got to me, and that was the game trains you. I, I, I'll say this without spoiling like where okay. it is or what, what anything is for you. But the game trains you to, to, to take on combat in a certain way. And you've gone through the, the first level. So, you know, <coughs> you want to go up, kind of get a guy to come out, take care of that guy, go on, get the next guy. You know, you want to take it slow and, and steady um, to clear the area. Because once they're gone, they're gone. And if you get mobbed, you're going to die. Um, so it, it trains you to do that. And then it drops you into an area where you're, where you're doing that. You move forward a little bit, you move forward a little bit, and then all the guys around you respawn and you die. And it's so <laughs> frustrating. <laughs> and that, like, you get to the point where you're like, this is, all right, I got a handle on this game. It's, it's not too bad. And then, then it pulls that and you have to figure out how to deal with that. That part of it, trying to figure out how to deal with that was insanely frustrating because any guys you killed were back before you could do anything for for a while, um, and that you know, it, it's like the, it's like they laugh at you. The developers they're like they're like uh, taking pleasure in, in your suffering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, all I right. Think that's, I think that's about it. I think right. unless if there's anything else you want to talk about with your. With a company or anything? No, no. But um, can I make a, a little plug? Oh, you go. You definitely can. Um, sure. Sign sign up for the if 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 you're on Facebook and and you're listening, and you're interested in what I'm doing. If you have any suggestions for me, uh, anyone out there, uh, sign up for the Facebook group. Um, because I, I do post a lot of updates on there. I do keep a blog on the site, so uh, might be worth checking. But you know, at least the the Facebook group will give you. A heads up if I, if I you know have a new design or something you want to see what's going on, uh, and uh, I keep saying I'm going to do it. I'm going to eventually get a contest up and running uh, in the hopefully near future here. So if if you want to win some stuff, um, some cases or or whatever for um, card cases or dice cases to sign up there and and we'll figure out how to run that contest. Cool, that sounds good. All right, Matt. Well, thank you for joining me this evening. Thanks so much for having me on, Joe. Oh, definitely. No problem. All right. We're going to jump into the next part of the show now, so stay tuned for that.
Okay, well, there was the interview that we had with Matt, and like I said, we're going to jump into what I want to play now for the week. I'm hoping that when I go down to my local game store this week, that they will actually have Stockpile in their inventory, and that I will be able to pick that up. This is a stock game that I've actually been looking at. I've seen a couple of videos on it. It actually looks really cool. I don't have any sort of stock game in my gaming collection, and I've heard that this one is actually supposed to be pretty good, so I'm kind of looking forward to playing that one. And then one of the other games I want I want to play now is Duel of, Age, Duel of Ages 2. This is a game I've talked about many a times on the podcast before. I was talking with one of my gaming partners, and I think we're actually going to get this one to the table again here very soon because both of us really enjoy the game. That's it for this week. Like I says, I'm going to try to not talk this much because the interview I did with Matt was quite long. So I'm going to talk about a bunch of things next week, and I might have another interview as well next week for everybody. So stay tuned for that one. But as always, hey, let me know what you're playing now. Send me some emails. Send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. You can also follow me on Facebook. Just do a search on Facebook for what I'm playing now on Google+. We are plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast. And then, of course, our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Hey, everybody, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Hopefully you enjoy the interviews that we have and some of the interviews we have coming up. But hopefully those are going to be something that I do a little more frequently here. As long as I could find some people to interview, I will be more than happy to do that. So if you are looking to be interviewed or talk about games, send me an email and let me know. As always, it's what I'm playing now at gmail.com. Other than that, come back next week for another show, and I will talk to you later. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a good week. Bye bye. 